At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Whose idea was it to do this every week? Yours. <laughs> Let's sure go with wasn't. that. I think it was uh, serious. <laughs> are uh, Are you having a bad week, Alex? No, it's fine. I just I just feel like I talked to you guys yesterday. Well, we do talk most days. You guys yeah. talk most days? Oh yeah, no, we don't include like you in that. Feeling left out. That's very intentional. Uh, so, well, hey guys, um, <clears throat> let's let's do some introductions first, and then we'll. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome! I am so thrilled to be doing this for another week. <laughs> this podcast is draining the life out of my soul. But no, honestly, I'm I'm thrilled to be here with you guys. It's great to see y'all. Um, and who are and, you? Who uh, are you yeah, talking I'm, I'm to? I'm going in from Sebring again. I think people can guess. This is. Uh. The unhappy one of the bunch. <laughs> uh, so you're calling in from Sebring. Why are you at, why are you at Sebring today, Alex? I am in Sebring today because it is the 12 hours of Sebring, James. Um, it's kind of weird because usually you go like a year between events. And now it's like five months. Not even five months because of, you know, the stuff and the things with the schedules last year. Um, <clears throat> but speaking of that, I drove into the track today, and it is very full and very busy. <laughs> it brought a lot of joy. It brought a lot of joy to my heart to see fans back at the racetrack, to see merchandise trailers, to see hospitality units, to see RVs and campers and everything. So it's really, really cool to, to kind of... Um, get that atmosphere back, especially for the 12 hour to see ring being the race that it is. Um, it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I concur, man. That's, that's awesome that there's fans and especially at that event, like you say, I mean, Sebring is kind of known for being one of those events that it's almost, it's one of the few events where even drivers are like, man, I want to come here and not be racing. I want to come see this one as an, as a fan, as a spectator, because it's just supposed to be like one of the craziest parties in, in all of motorsports and as far as fan, you know, participation and interaction goes. Well, the thing is, I don't think there's much else to do in Sebring, Florida. So like, yeah, but it's, we're not just talking about residents of Sebring showing up, right? This, this brings people from all over. That, that, that is true. But I think there's just a general vibe in kind of central Florida that when an event goes on, you party like as yeah. hard as you possibly can. And like laws don't apply as much. It's like no, international like already, waters, but not on water. It's like <laughs> it's like it's one o'clock on a Wednesday, and I've already seen at least three pimped out golf carts like blaring Kid Rock go up and down. The, the weird like, thing is they pathway. don't they just do that, right? Like they they're like, oh, there's a race today. Like they don't. 
<laughs> no, I mean, for sure, for sure, the event is an excuse to hang out with their buddies and drink bush light and um, have a great time and play yard games and such. But anyways, like last time we were here, it was very empty. It was very quiet. There wasn't anything going on except the competitors and such. So it's just it's it's a, it's a step back to the normalcy. And I can't wait um, to hopefully have this type of energy and excitement uh, in the month of May for the 500. For sure. It's funny because you talk about the May and you talk about, you know, people being probably already a little bit belligerent at 1.30 on a Wednesday. I remember my first carb day when I was doing Indy Lights because that was, you know, race day for Indy Lights. And uh, back when there was a Freedom 100, which no longer exists, but that's a different topic that I'm already like really upset about and don't understand, but I digress. I was, I was walking to the driver's meeting at nine o'clock in the morning. So it's the Friday before the 500. For those who don't know what carb day is, it's the last hour of practice is later in that day for the Indy cars. It's the Indy lights race. It's a pits up competition. It's a big concert. It's like kind of a really big party day for the month of May, probably the biggest party day of the month of May. And, uh, I was walking to the driver's meeting at nine o'clock and I saw somebody already getting put onto the stretcher of the little ambulance golf cart for being completely wasted. Is that when you met Tim? Yeah, and that's how we met. <laughs> <laughs> and who knew? Who knew? All these years, 15 years later, 13 years later, we'd be here doing a podcast together. Yeah, what a James, crazy. James thought, ah, you know what I want to do? Tie myself to that guy on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a good influence. This guy knows how to live life. Knows how to have a good time. So fans at Sebring, we know that there's going to be fans at the 500. Do we know how many yet? Like, I know they haven't officially released it, but have we heard any like inside tips that we probably shouldn't share on the show, but we will if we know because we're like that? Uh, We don't know. But like, I mean, you saw the release yesterday that the age is already down to 40 for the vaccine. Yeah. Um, And I feel like it dropped 10 years and like, a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, it was like 50, 45, then bam, 40. So I think, um, Oh, I thought it was 45 in Indy. Is it 40 now? It's 40. Yep. So I think everything's progressing, uh, very quickly and that's exciting. And who knows? I mean, still six weeks out. Who knows what can happen? Or no, sorry. Eight weeks out. I mean, I was, I was hoping for like a hundred thousand. I think that would be a pretty nice jump from zero. Yeah. That's, that's like, what a hundred x a hundred thousand x yeah well yeah i mean well it's infinity zero, times zero is zero, zero. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm sure there was, one, there was fan one person the 500 last year yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i mean any i for me that or any because like that would still make it the biggest event that it has been held by like a significant margin right because i think was the daytona 500 the biggest one so far and they had like 25 30 maybe thousand people there i don't know it was something like that it was something like that because i remember it was slightly more than the super bowl so it had it had upped the super bowl um and i think even the daytona 24 before that was the biggest until super bowl and then it was super bowl and now it's you know then it was 500 and i haven't seen or heard of anything bigger than that so yeah i think i think may's probably going to be the biggest congregation of human beings in one place in over a year, which is kind of a weird thing to think about. But it always has been known as the largest single-day sporting event on Earth. So, By the way, I just want to clarify, because I, I looked it up just to make sure we don't put out any bad information. It is, it's 45 and up in Indiana right now. Well, either way, it's coming down. Yeah, I mean, we're coming up. I've, I've heard they are planning 
for full capacity, but that could obviously change in any moment. It's looking like I'm gonna I'm I'm finally gonna be making it back to the to a race this year. I'm excited. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, as a fan though, because you're still not essential and the paddock's still gonna be locked down from what I hear, so enjoy the grandstand. For us. Yeah, enjoy <laughs> um yeah. Guys, I'm gonna uh, make I'm gonna make beers. this bow. I'm I'm going to find a way. To what? I don't know, but I'll find a way. Find a way to what? I don't know. Okay. As long as we've established that you have no idea what you're doing, or so, uh, at this moment, how you're going to do it. So, Alex, how are you looking for Sebring? How's the car looking? James, James, how do I look? You look great, man. You look great. I, feel, I, mean, I mean, I went to the gym this morning, and I feel pretty good. Yeah, Your beard's trimmed, but it's shadow, not like yeah. Penske. Yeah, it's not Penske clean shaven, which you know I don't, I don't prefer, if I'm honest, on you. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it. I think, uh, I think your natural five o'clock shadow look is superior, and I'm glad that I you think, now feel comfortable rocking it. I think the first well, time you were driving for Penske, they put out like a picture of all the drivers, and you were clean shaven. And I legitimately thought they had just gotten lazy and gotten a picture of you from five years prior. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they doing? He looks sixteen. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was such a bad thing to look young when. You're oh no, old. it's not a bad thing. I just I was surprised. Yeah. No, no, yeah. looking sixteen when you're twenty nine—that is bad. Where it's going to be good for us? Because I'm the same way when I shave. So where it's going to be good for us is when we're like fifty, and then we can shave and look thirty five again. That's when it's going to be the money set up. Now, yeah, Tim, Tim looks fifty four and he's like twenty three. So it's uh, <laughs> it's the it's the Alex Moeller effect. <laughs> I was going to say more Benjamin Button, but yeah, okay. Yeah, no, let's let's keep the references to like four or five people get it tops. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not we're just not going to talk about the car or anything. All right, let's go on to the next subject. No, no. <laughs> Tim, what would you like to know? I mean, are you going to win? Let's I want to should I put some money on you Prob- or probably not. I don't know. <laughs> no. Um the, the the here's the thing. I mean, with with sports car racing, right? There's we've talked about it a little bit on this show. There's balanced performance. So, um it's very rare that you get cars that win multiple flagship events in a row just because of the way that, you know, it, it kind of works. We had a test here um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, and it was really good. So I think we're, we're happy with where the number 10 uh, car is at. But, um, you know, it's 12 hours. There's a whole lot of things that can happen. Last year, the 7 car, which is now the 10 car, started on pole. We led every practice session and ended up finishing last. So, like, it's endurance racing still. Um, so there's there's a lot of different factors, but um, it's uh, it's obviously a, a group of guys that have a lot of um, strong feelings and momentum after winning Daytona. So we will put our best foot forward and hopefully can. I think you drink orange juice if you win this race. So that'd be pretty cool. Is that is that true? Is that a real thing? Yeah, yeah, because it's like Florida's natural is is right around the corner. From here. Right. Wow. Yeah. They don't do a very good job publicizing that because I follow racing pretty closely and I and I never knew that. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so you've you've raced in kind of the three big hallmark events for IMSA, 24 hours of Daytona, 12 hours of Sebring, and Petit Le Mans. Ra- where does Sebring rank in that for you in terms of event, in terms of the track and the enjoyment of running it? Um, I mean, I would say that Daytona's my least favorite, 
but it's also the okay. one that's the most the, the the biggest desire and push to win for i, I guess it's just right. it's, it's legacy right um but driving at sebring is it your is your least favorite track or event yeah or both yeah right <laughs> Um, no, honestly, Daytona's in January. It's usually very cold. It's very long. It's wet often. The track is very ill-suited to to our car. Um, it's a lot of first gear corners. It's, there's, there's not a huge amount of enjoyment that comes from, from doing a lap in a, in a prototype at Daytona. You come to Sebring and within the first lap, you're, you're smiling again and, and the car is kind of behaving normally and, um, it's more of a, a natural kind of car track combination, but the event is less, uh, the, the magnitude and weight that it carries is less. The experience and the atmosphere and everything is, I would argue, better. Um, the weather's usually better, um, but it's not, it's not the 24 hours Daytona, right? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of races yeah. you could say that are kind of like that. Um, well, maybe not actually, because like twelve hours of Bathurst, pretty awesome. Le Mans, pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Five hundreds, mm-hmm. obviously very good. Heard of it? So I think it's neat. I think I mean I think d- the twenty four hours Daytona is a unique one because it's I don't think it's anyone's favorite racetrack, right? But it's yeah. it's a race that if you're able to to be successful at and you're able to add that to the resume, it it means as much as if you won that at Le Mans in, in a lot of ways for a lot of people. So. Um, and you get a pretty cool watch. I don't know if you get a watch if you win Sebring. Maybe. I feel like no, no, you would be the person I, I like would ask. Not. <laughs> no, because it's like it's called the Rolex Twenty Four at Daytona, right? It's not called the Roll. It's the it used to be the Mobile Twelve Hours. At a lot Sebring. of a lot of people know. don't realize it's the Swatch Sebring. Yeah, you know? I know, but I, I think <laughs> Timex. I think Rolex is still a partner, so I don't know. I don't know if you yeah. get a Daytona, but I feel like you get. I don't, I don't think you do Maybe because not. people would talk about that more. That's like nobody walks around flashing their Sebring 12 hour. Then again, you just found out about know. the orange juice like two minutes ago. So I'm just going to say, so, not, so, you only get, so you only get Rolexes if you win Le Mans and Daytona, which would make sense. I, th- I think so. Okay. I think it's the 24 hour races. All right. Well, that's fair enough. Anyways, yeah. anyways, makes sense. 12 hour Sebring still an awesome one to add to the resume. If you can do it, um, it's one of those races that, that has been around for, forever um and i think i mean all of sports car racing right now is on a really cool path and and the future is is really interesting because of the the regulations that are kind of allowing the cars to compete in the wec to compete in the top level in 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 um, imza and and vice versa um so there's a huge amount of manufacturers coming back and and you know the the energy in, in the paddock is is really high the competition's good a lot of good drivers um so yeah it's a lot of fun to to be here and and a race against those guys. Now, people say that, like some guys have said that the 12 hours is almost a harder race than the 24 at Daytona because the track is so much more physical and so much harder on the cars. Do you find that? See, I, I almost think it's the other way around. Um, I feel like the 24-hour race is is harder, A, because the duration. You know, you're not having to force yourself to, to, almost, to get up in the middle of the night. double the time, yeah. Um, it starts at 10 a.m., ends at 10 p.m., right? So you're not going through the night. And then the other thing is Daytona, because it's it's a pretty small track um, and there's so much focus on on getting through traffic efficiently because of, of how you're always – you never have a clear lap. You're always on top of someone. Right. Mentally, it's a lot harder. There's a 
way bigger demand mentally, even though the track is less physical for sure. Whereas Sebring, you know, it's it's almost four miles long. Um, yeah, it's bumpy. Yeah, it's, you know, there's some high-speed corners, but ultimately there are spaces where your mind kind of gets a break and you can do one or two laps kind of by yourself and kind of get into that rhythm. Whereas Daytona, it's always kind of one eye ahead, one eye behind you, and like you have to be inch perfect type of thing. So um, Sebring's a little bit more forgiving from, from that standpoint. Um, you know, less forgiving from the, the surface. You know, it's incredibly bumpy in, in a couple of places and a couple of really high-speed places. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's what you've done them both. Do do you kind of agree with that or not really? Well, I've actually, I've never raced 12 hours. Oh yeah. I've, uh, done Daytona many times. And you've done Petite and Daytona. You've never, that's weird. Uh, I've only done Daytona. I haven't done Petite. Oh yeah. My time in Road Atlanta was in the junior categories. Got it. Okay. Well, anyways. So, but, but everything you say makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. So we'll see. All right. So it kicks off 10 o'clock Saturday morning. 10 o'clock Saturday morning. And it's only three guys this time. Elio has uh, departed the the scene, which has lowered the enthusiasm level of all of us a little bit, which I'm not mad about. However, Philippe is also very high energy. So they kind of they kind of cancel each other. Yeah, there you go. He, he just upped his energy to make up exactly. for the, the void that Elio left. Exactly. Yeah. Good deal. All right, man. Well, we were watching on uh, NBC Sports Network. Well, it's been fun, guys. It's and, nice to uh, see you all. Um, thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> yeah, you got half hour left. <laughs> nice try, though. Nice can, We try. should do segments where we're guests on our own show, and then we can just leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at first I was like, oh, that's you know, not a bad idea. And then it was like, oh, that's there's the reason. There's the reason. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh, soft out. Soft out. So I want to get into a, we were going to do a, kind of a mailbag this week with Twitter. I had some other topics we were going to bring up, one in particular, but then it got brought up by multiple people on Twitter, which is bagged milk. So. Excuse me? Bagged <laughs> Oh, milk. boy. Here we go. Come on. You're dating a Canadian. You should know what bagged milk is. So, James, mm-hmm. walk us through this abomination. Uh, <laughs> okay. First of all. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna open this segment by admitting, I acknowledge wholeheartedly that had I not grown up in Ontario and bagged milk wasn't totally normal for me in my childhood, I could see having now been on the other side of it, looking at that system and thinking, what the hell is going on here? That's very bizarre. But bear with me here. Allow me to explain. So in Canada, or at least in Ontario. Milk comes in 1.3 liter bags. Okay, you like buy problems, a. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You buy a bag of three bags of milk. That's how it comes. So you have these Wait, three what? bags of milk. I'm sorry, you what? <laughs> you buy you a buy bag a of bag bags? of three bags. Yeah, yeah. Like you know how you buy a like a bag of so the little bags of chips, right? So you're buying 3.9 liters of milk. In three times the least efficient form, also in a least... Well, no, it's actually... So it's actually a more efficient form. It's less wasteful, and it saves money. It's not less wasteful than cardboard. There is no planet where plastic is less... Or is better for the environment than cardboard. And it takes up more room in the furnace. No, it takes up less room in the fridge. No, okay, it takes takes up the same amount of space. Who is short on fridge space? 
Well, but I'm saying it takes up a lot more like horizontal room, whereas milk you can vertically store. So you're taking up the least amount of the shelf. The bag of milk is going to spread to the space. This is dumb. Now, now how? No, no. Hang on. Hang on. You just you shut your dirty mouth and listen. (laughs) All right. If you're looking at the shelves on a fridge, are they taller than they are wide or are they wider than they are tall? It depends on the shelf. No, my no, top shelf, my There's top shelf, shelf is definitely taller. That's eh, about yeah, yeah, okay. So it's a little, it's a little, it's a little wider than it is. The skinniest tall. fridge it's in history. A little wider than it is. Are you tall. doing like a camping fridge? I do have is it a, a mini a fridge? fridge? What are you talking yeah. about? You have a normal size okay, fridge. Am James, I seeing your I see, fridge? I see anyway, what you're talking about. Okay, keep going. Milk milk cartons can only fit in in the select number of places in a fridge. Why can't you put them or you're laying them down? Yeah, you're laying them down anyway, so it doesn't take up any more room, right? And because they're, they're soft and malleable, you can kind of stuff them in the little spaces that aren't quite as convenient for so a milk wait, carton. So wait, they purely did this based on fridge storage? No, no, they did it because it was cheaper. So the, the way the bags are produced um, makes them cheaper to produce, which makes the milk cheaper to sell. And so the savings get passed on to the consumer. Okay. James, let me explain something to you. <laughs> I think we might not get to any other questions today. <laughs> so, so one of my really, really good friends and yeah. sponsor and partner and everything um, uh, in, in racing is the coffee guy, Michael Gesser, right? Owns Alaska Coffee. Yes. Yeah. Knows a lot about the, the food service beverage industry. Okay. Yes. And I will agree with you that the most expensive part of a cup of coffee Truly is is the, is the paper cup the packaging it's the paper cup hundred yeah. percent on a three dollar and forty five cent cup of coffee the packaging is probably thirty cents and the, the coffee mm-hmm. is you know nineteen to twenty and whatever the water is one cent and whatever still making a lot of money yeah. the margins are very big <clears throat> my point is though if we're talking about let's use an example of thirty cents for a, a coffee cup right that's probably potentially fifty cents. For a milk carton, 60 cents for a milk carton, maybe? Sure. Okay. Are you saying plastic is zero? Like, what are we talking about? The consumer saving a quarter? They're saving 25 cents? And that makes it worth – it's better to save a consumer 25 cents and make a bigger impact on the environment in a negative way than it is to – So I just don't understand. The – I mean, plastic's recyclable. That kind of plastic can be recycled. And I'm not, I don't know the in, ins and outs of recycling in terms of like what's easier to recycle cardboard or plastic. You I can literally just is. light cardboard now, on fire and it disappears. Well, no, but yeah, hang that's on. also so not the, great the cardboard, for the environment. <laughs> so the, the cardboard um, that holds milk and liquids, you know, juices, whatever. It's lined with a plastic anyway, because if you if cardboard gets wet, Alex, what happens? Deteriorates. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, fair point. Fair right. Point. So all all the cardboard cases are mm-hmm. lined with plastic anyway. So essentially, we're just taking the plastic and getting rid of the cardboard. The okay. three point nine liters, Tim, to your point, which makes like sounds like a really arbitrary, obscure number, that came from the switch to the metric system, right? Because that's roughly a gallon. So when you buy a gallon of milk. The way it ended up working out was three one point right. three liter bags. All right, I don't, I don't hate it, and I can see it. No, I, I absolutely I do mean, hate it. Right? No, he's going to have a when, when bag James, of milk. In, dumb. No, when he explains it from an intellectual standpoint, there's a lot of sense to me made from it. 
We're There's Americans, to the Alex. System, We're not intellectuals. Yes, I, it looks funny, and, on, and, the, and when described, it sounds funny, but there are a lot of very intelligent reasons for the milk system that we have, which is why it hasn't changed. It's why we haven't gone to that so, carton system. But I have definitely bought cartons of milk in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure there are manufacturers that do it, but like the overwhelming majority of people buy milk this way. And so you get these bags, and then you have like a— I've um, never met a single Canadian, and I've met a lot in the past four years that have a bag of milk in their fridge. Like, I'm saying of 15, probably 15 Canadians I met, not one has ever... It's all from the same family, though. <laughs> that is... No. It's like three families. No. Oh, no two it's of like, them it's merged. Like, no, I'd say it's five or six families. Really? And, and, you've, and you, you're talking from experience of, like, being at their house and opening their fridge. I open most people's fridge, yes. Mostly in Canada because That's, I really like the pickled beans. So it's every a super serial killer every, thing to every, do. But okay. Every house I go to, I steal people's pickled beans because I can't get them in America. And they're really good. Pickled beans. Yeah, you know the, the you know the things that come in Caesars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But you're you're <laughs> assuming that every Canadian has a jar of pickled beans. Every Canadian okay, that buys so, carton of milk has pickled beans. I was just going to say there's a correlation here between the pickled bean buyers and the boxed milk buyers. I get it. Okay, interesting. Very Those are my type of people. But yeah, right, yeah. so I think I think so we've all come to a consensus. Bag milk is stupid, so let's just keep going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> milk is great, and colored money colored money makes more sense. What's the next question? All right, uh, this this one's from my buddy Casey Clipple. Uh, he wants to know if you guys have any good post race rituals. We've we've talked kind of in detail before about like what you do before a race to get excited. How do you come down after a race? Um, <clears throat> depending on if I'm racing, if it's a back to back or not. It's usually a very unhealthy meal of sorts, whether that's <laughs> a burger or I'm trying to claw back those calories yeah, you burned off. Yeah, in the race. I mean, I, there's nothing better than like the Sunday afternoon evening rush to the airport and stop in McDonald's or Taco Bell or whatever. But the best is the best is Texas, right? So Texas is the yes. night race, right? And and everyone's trying to get back to the charter or get back to the plane to rush home. But right outside the track, right outside the track in Texas is an in and out. Yeah. That's and awesome. so you, <laughs> that's you good move. The, 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 the real race at Texas is to get out of the track and be first in line at in and out. Because if you <laughs> if you dawdle getting out of the racetrack, you're like 12th, 15th in line and you've got a serious risk of missing the charter home. And so you stand there and it's just an entire it's the Indian entire IndyCar paddock is shoehorned into in and out to get their burger to go before we take off. And chocolate shake. This makes me miss the Applebee's after Phoenix. Yeah, you had a you had a <laughs> relationship with the Applebee's. You liked in, it, it too, Gigi, Arizona. You liked it too. I like I liked watching you and your element. <laughs> That's what I enjoyed about it. I'm not going to sit here and for a second tell you I enjoyed anything about oh, no, Applebee's. There's, I'm no, there's, tell you that there are no redeemable my... <laughs> factors about Applebee's, right? <laughs> like, They've got cold beer. They've got cold beer. That's fine. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I watching eat Applebee's you work your magic before every 500. That is my meal. I love Applebee's. Oh, yeah, that is your is thing. Is that true? Indiana. I didn't know that. Huh. I wonder, I feel like I'm more of a Chili's guy. Well, Chili's okay, has better ribs, wrong. for sure. They do have the, those Dr. Pepper ribs are really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Applebee's, I think, is Dr. a better, Pepper is the greatest better overall meal. All right, Experience. well. Experience. <clears throat> yeah. 
Well, since we stole this, yeah. uh, you know, asking Twitter for questions, so I didn't have to come up with content from Marshall Pruitt. Uh, Marshall Pruitt has a question. Uh, please describe in great detail all the ways Alexander is looking forward to the next IndyCar iRacing Challenge Series. Well, I mean, he's not doing it in any way, shape, or form, so I don't think he has any real feelings about it, Alex. I'm really disappointed I can't watch it um, tomorrow night because it'll be night practice. Um, I was excited to um, just be a viewer and, and check it out from the comfort yeah. of my own couch. I mean, what's, the bigger question is, is we James, who isn't, who isn't doing night practice, why aren't you doing it? Uh, I actually have a meeting. Uh, this It sounds weird, but it is a dinner meeting that starts at 5 o'clock, which is when practice opens hmm. with my uh, team partial owner. Dinner meeting, uh, with your, George dinner, dinner, the dinner meeting with your wife that you scheduled for no. that time? With my with my team dinner, owner that I know, he scheduled. Okay, I know George very well. So dinner meeting that, that you guys scheduled to avoid the event. <laughs> Convenient. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I had nothing to do with the choice of date or time I got told because there's someone else joining us that's coming in from out of town. So we only had one day to do it and I was told what time to show up. And it actually, I actually booked that and then agreed to do the IndyCar thing and then realized that I had double booked and because obviously team owner Trump's iRacing uh, race event thing, I had to, I had to. Look. If this is your guys' roundabout way of asking me to pinch hit for you, I'll do it. So, so funny story though, and this is <laughs> this is part of the reason why it was going to be a little difficult. Um, one of the big issues we had with last year's program was that they released what tracks were being run like weeks in advance, right? So some of the guys would just spend five hours a day for a week leading up to the race practicing. Now. Other guys have um, lives and responsibilities and so couldn't do that. And so the disparity between the guys that really dedicated a lot of time and the guys that couldn't or didn't want to uh, was massive. And so it's not even like a lot of the races were that good because But, but of here's that. the thing, James. I, I know. I mean, you and I both did it. We committed a lot of time, which was still nothing compared to what people were doing. Like there was times where we were practicing two to three hours a day. Others were practicing for like nine. Yeah. Yeah. And it showed and it showed. And we were also like very new to sim racing in general, where some of these guys have been doing it for years anyway. And there's still a lot of, like if I were to do it today, I'd be much better even with the same amount of practice that I was a year ago, just because I've done it more now. But um, that, so that, that's one thing that, I didn't love about the setup, but we found out today, which again, I'm, I'm upset. I can't watch it because I'm going to be in a very important meeting. Um, but we found out today there's no damage. They've decided oh, to turn the damage definitely off. Definitely want to come and do it which now. <laughs> it's going to be an absolute destruction derby train wreck. It's going to be hilarious. And like now, man, that would have been a, that would have been something fun to experience all right somebody send me your login i'll come in as you you can just come use a sim in my house well, it's two thousand miles away uh all right that's a you so problem zach uh zach smithingel i'm sorry smithingel i'm sorry i don't know how to pronounce the the handle uh he just sent us the gif of mindy kaling from the office saying i have a lot of questions number one how dare you fair um let's 
I'm assuming that's about the milk. I think it was just about the questions in general. Uh, original okay. Hrishi D said, do you prefer scrunchy pants, a.k.a. cuffed, or boot-cut fire suits? And why is the correct answer scrunchy pants? Uh, the correct answer is scrunchy pants because the boot cut just looks very silly. It's excess material. So what you what people may not know about the boot cut fire suits is under the boot cut is a scrunchy thing. Oh, so it's purely just like, for appearances. Yeah, basically. And I don't understand why that became like once they put the elastic inside the boot cut, what was the point? It's just excess material and weight now. But yeah, it's like a... It's a it's an image thing. If you're like a dirt racer or a stock car driver, you're do, you're rocking the boot cut, and yeah, we don't we're not allowed excess weight in open wheels. Who is so it? Who is it the, that uh, was talking about this on Twitter? It was some NASCAR guy who was calling somebody else out. I forget who. I think Chase I Chase know. was we'll calling Jimmy out. Oh, okay. Does Jimmy still have it? Does he still have the boot cut? No, I think he was calling mm-hmm. him out because he didn't have it anymore. Oh, okay, good. Because, well, yeah, you're not supposed to. In an open wheel car, it's weight. I wonder if McLaughlin does, because McLaughlin definitely rocked it in supercars. Why do people care? I guess is the bigger, is my question. It's an important, hard hitting question, Alex. These are the kind of things people want to know. Look, we got like eight questions about bag milk, so I'm just trying to. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. I'm Uh, I'm kind of a new fan of it. I like the concept. I'm so against it. Of the boot cut? No. No, a bag milk. milk. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. Next time you come it's to like, Canada, it's come like to my bagged, house, I'll introduce you to is bag all, milk. Is all bagged liquid? Like, do they bag orange juice and apple juice and, like, no. other things that no, come they in? No, don't. Why? That I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Obviously, the milk companies care more about the consumer's wallets and the environment than the other liquid companies. Mm, I feel like I feel like dairy associations are one of the more political like groups, I feel like Hard I feel lobbyists. like you guys probably shouldn't say anything about that either. I love all dairy farmers. <laughs> dairy is great. Like I have no problem with it. I'm just big saying fan. they have a lot of power. Big fan. Dairy is a big deal. As they yeah. should, as they should, because it's a very important part of all. I countries. drink milk and eat cheese all the time. Everything's fine. <laughs> no, yeah. well, I mean, I've seen you. I've seen you dump milk on yourself page. on more than one occasion. Multiple times. <laughs> Three times to be I think exact. my back deck is still stained, actually. <laughs> You're welcome. That was a fun video. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to post that from the off-track Twitter feed. All right. Uh, we have another question from EWJ2001. With your guy's best friend, Santino Ferrucci, leaving to run the 20th in the NASCAR Xfinity Series this season, what will you miss most about him? His hair. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I didn't want to just go for the obvious. You know what? What I will miss is the 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 one or two times an oval race where I would see him pull off some like outside pass or some like ridiculously ballsy move and just be like, what? How did he do that? Because he had, at least once, at least once an over race, he had one move, and it could it doesn't matter. It could be for twelfth. Like it did not. It's not like it was passing for the lead necessarily. But like every once in a while, he would pull out a move that you're just like, yeah, all right, credit to you. That was a good one. But I won't miss him doing that on me. So, <laughs> Alex, you're gonna you're sticking with hair. I respect that. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I don't see. I don't have really a problem with Santino's racing. Honestly, I just other stuff. Like I raced, I raced side by side with him in Iowa. I think in 2019. I think James was like you were witness to yeah, it. 
I had the same it, thing. It was, yeah. It was great. Like he was fine. Like it I was great. wrong with it. Yeah. yeah. So no. There's no on I have no on track problems with Santino. I have virtual racing problems with Santino. <laughs> <laughs> um unrelated, I'm gonna I'm gonna sidebar here for a second just to give Tim something to have to edit out. But have you guys had these things? Have you heard of these things? Chip They're peas? called hip hippies. Oh, hippies. Yeah. Hippies, but peas is spelled like like peas because it's like it's they're James, chips made out of Some of us have stuff to do today. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I not for seven more minutes. You don't. Um, the, uh, the, well, I'm telling you this. You're gonna like this because these they're yeah they're made how of chip peas, so they're supposed to be like better for how you. Much did, how Literally much is big P paying you? They, <laughs> The, the the chickpea lobby, um, they have this flavor called Rock and Ranch, and I'm not kidding you. It is a dead ringer for Cool Ranch Doritos. All right, so I can sit here and eat hippies guilt free and feel like I'm eating Cool Ranch Doritos. Uh, yeah, You're nobody welcome. nobody buy them until they sponsor this podcast. Uh, all right, so last question. Fair. Uh, A W Muller. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. Half of Hinch's IndyCar wins came in green, in a green car. Have either of you had any liveries over the years that you thought were lucky? And now, James, I know you're not a you're not a big big fan of super. Well, it's good drivers. that he's back in a green car for half the year. <laughs> <laughs> not mad at it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm because like there's there was this saying belief whatever superstition for a long time that green cars were bad luck, um, and which is crazy because like there was an entire brand that was very successful for several decades in multiple forms of motorsports. Which one was it called? Was British Racing. Heard green. of them. Heard of them. Lotus. Mm. Um, and so. I never understood that. And then, yeah, I drove a green car. I had success in that. I drove a pink car once. I had success in that. I don't really mind what color it is as long as it's fast. Yeah. Yeah, you've talked at length before about, you know, not having superstition in a car and then kind of not liking when other drivers do too because you're like, you got to share the track with them. Yeah. (laughs) I'd have a very serious conversation with TK once about, uh, about some of his rituals and stuff. But actually, funny story about the pink car. So... When I was uh, racing Formula 1600, I think it was back in like 2003, maybe. And uh, I was driving for this Canadian team, A Motorsport, who run in IMSA now. And they had um, a car that the year before had been driven by this girl named Ashley Taz. And she was sponsored by Mattel. And it was the Barbie car. So it was this pink car. And I was just doing like, like, a, like two events. We were just doing like two weeks down in the States, like race one weekend, race the other weekend. We weren't doing a whole championship or anything. And so we brought this car down and we just took all the stickers off but left it pink, right? So I'm racing this pink car down in the States and um, we're racing it VIR. And my dad told me the story that he's sitting there watching practice and uh, I go by in this pink car and there's this old guy standing next to him and he goes, hope it's a girl driving that car. And my dad looks over and he goes, actually, that's my son. And he looks at my dad and goes, sure, hope he's quick then. <laughs> so uh, I, so I, win the, I win the race, <laughs> yeah, right? So I win the race and I'm standing on the podium and the kid that came second looked at me and he goes, man, it must suck having to drive a pink car. And I said, man, it must suck getting beat by one. <laughs> Yeah, you did. Was it Santino? 
<laughs> so I'm a I'm an I'm an equal opportunity car color guy. I like it all. Oh, Hit me. It's pretty funny. Although this is going to be the first year that I've had to run multiple primary liveries. I know Alex, you've had to do that pretty much. That's a bit of a humble brag, right? right? I mean, <laughs> no, I don't think that's considered a humble brag. I think it's just nature of the beast. But um, Alex, you run AutoNation and you run Napa, and you've had to run. That's happened one. That that's been one year. So you're right. AutoNation <laughs> has been a great addition. I'm but very happy. Like you had, um, um, we did a capstone car once. That is true. I did a capstone car once. I did a shopandready.com. Big winner. Big winner. A couple times. I did um, uh, military to motorsports a couple times, which was cool. And that that guy, um, Dave Tilton, is still involved. Um, And and here's the thing. No matter how good or bad all of these different liveries. Which all of them were great. All um, of them were were, great. Some of them weren't great. Some of, them, some of them weren't great. They were all better than Tim's new car That's, and the way oh, it looks. Oh, you wound so, me. It's, it, I, I call it, I call it, I think it's just a win. That it's is just fair. all a win. That is fair all around. around. My new car. You have to say that. <laughs> That's like saying you love all your kids equally. You know you have a favorite. I only yeah. have the one. Uh, my mom well, was very, he only has very the one. upfront about that. Yeah. Oh, see, I respect that. I respect that. I do too, because I was because the for two reasons. Uh, hmm. Ke- Kelly's 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 parent. Well, I think she just told all her kids that. Then no, no, no. She told them all to their face. Oh, <laughs> Kelly's parents are very clear with their favorites. Like Kelly's mom's favorite is definitely not Kelly, and Kelly's dad's favorite is definitely <laughs> Kelly. Um, it's very, it's very interesting that dynamic. And how that <laughs> but works. see, like, as a competitive person, I feel like I like that because then, like, you know who you've got to try to impress more, right? You like, you know where you've got to step up your game and like what to do. I feel like some people would be demoralized yeah. by it, but I would be motivated by that. So I actually respect parents that are like openly to the kids. No, no, I, I like you better, <laughs> and here's why. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's well, the way to uh, do it. We've veered off. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for you to have another kid, Spark Tim, so that way we can have this conversation with you. And I can't wait for us to have favorites. It'll always be Hazel. I was yeah. going to say, I'm like eight steps behind on that. <laughs> it's going to be a while. Oh, man. Well, guys, Sebring's this weekend. Alex is in the 10 car for Wayne Taylor Racing. Hoping Acura can bring home the big W to add to their season opening win in the Daytona 24 hours. And um, everyone, cheer for Andretti Autosport in the virtual yes. iRace Go, oh, tomorrow. Um, none of us are doing because it. Because that comes first. Um, that's not true. There, None of us are doing it, but Andretti Autosport true. cars yes, will sorry. be run. Yes, good call. So. Yes, I stand corrected. And that's that's tonight since this comes out. That first. is correct. Yes, sorry, tonight. tonight. Uh, uh, Watch it tonight. IndyCar.com slash iRacing, I believe, is the website you can find it at. Practice starts at 5. I think the race event starts at 6. So, yeah, tune in. Have some fun. No crash damage, guys. It's going to be wild. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to add producer Tim. 
The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Finn. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.